0: Good morning, evening, afternoon everyone. I'm Tanner here with the Arbiter to my Master Chief, Jay Winkler. What's an Arbiter? Arbiter was the other like race you could play as in Halo 3. That's a stupid name for an alien race. It is. They were well, called they were called arbiters. Well, Chief's a
1: human, right? He's yeah. just like an augmented human.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Uh, so, as always, we're going to start with what we've been playing. Jay, what have you been playing? Okay. So now this is a. <laughs> yeah. You. Well. Okay. What you is the? That for? I thought you were going to do the just a little Rocket League, man. Well, that I was going to maybe start with just a little Rocket League, but also the other thing is something
1: that's going to be a topic, yeah. right? Well, I, hang on. Okay. But I've, I've been playing. A, a, do you see what else I was playing? No. I bought Dragon Ball Xenoverse. Oh, Jesus. Just for the heck it. it was like twelve dollars. Yeah. So I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna try this. Sure. Because I'm a legacy fan of the Dragon Ball franchise. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's alright. It's very RPG, which is weird for okay. a Dragon yeah, Ball that's game. It's kinda strange. And like you like cr- the only thing that I thought was I was like, Oh, you create your own character. Which that's kinda oh, that's cool. cool. So I made of course a Saiyan because yeah. the Saiyans are great. Yeah. Uh, was it called Vegeta? No, it's was just like uh, J. No, that's boring. Uh, Gotta well, be I spelled like... it with an I. <laughs> okay, it's a little better. It
0: looks like Jai. It's like Jai Courtney, uh, I pronounce it right. J. Could, could you not have done like J-Con? Like, I feel like that's more Dragon Ball. Kakarot or... <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Whatever. Uh, But yeah,
1: it's like you... When did this game come out? Oh, this game, this one came out... 2013? Oh, okay. Ish. Uh, I think it was like a PS3 and PS4. Crossover, game. Yeah. yeah. And the most recent one came out, I think, last year. I think the sequel came out to it. Okay. And uh, they, they were all on sale, and I thought about buying the second one, it was like, but the first one was so cheap, I was like, I'll buy the first one, and if I like it, maybe down the line I'll buy the second one. Sure. But you just create your own character, and you're basically going back... And inserting yourself into, like, the famous battles from the series. Oh, that's kind of cool. Uh, and it's like a, someone is, like, altering time, and you're, like, fixing it. Oh, okay. So.
0: I kind of like that idea. And the no, gameplay is
1: not as sharp as, like, some of the old fighting games. Yeah. But it's not one of the Budokais. No. Not the Budokai Tenkaichis, which are grade-A quality fighting Now, what's games. the difference between the Budokai and the Budokai Tenkaichi? Now, the Budokai, straight Dragon Ball Z Budokai 1, 2, 3. Yeah. Just like Mortal Kombat cool side Tinkaiichi's when it was in the the Tinkaiichi you had the lo- not even just round you had like large yeah like levels you could, fly you could yeah gotcha move around in Gotcha. those were much more fun I thought okay but I like the Budokai ones too for right. I mean we enjoy Mortal Kombat games of that ilk yeah and I love Mortal Kombat games. I love Dragon Ball Z and the characters so it was just fun to play that style of game with those characters yeah uh, other than that I have played and beaten Rocket League See, it's in my head. Yeah, I know, I know.
0: I've played and beaten Shovel Knight. Which we will get to in a little bit. Uh, The things I've been playing, Bloodborne, which we will get to in a little bit. I'm assuming it's going to be the title of this video, so we're not trying to be coy. I'm just saving what I want to say about it for later. And uh, Mario Kart 8 for the Switch uh, at the office. We had... Right. uh, We had... Uh, a lunch break a couple times in a row where we played Mario Kart. I'm always Wario because Wario time. And uh, got my ass handed to me by a fellow streamer, Team Liddy, on Twitch. Uh, she kicks my ass every time in Mario Kart. It makes me real mad. And then uh, we played for lunch. And then uh, we kind of did like a dinner game night for my last week there. And then uh, Friday, which was my last day, we also played at lunch. Right. So, um... <clears throat> it's a great game. I didn't really play it on Wii U. Uh, I think I played it once with Hank. I think yeah. that was like literally the only time I played it. it touched Mario Kart 8 at all. Yeah. Um, it's really fun. I will say, it feels, as someone who di- hasn't really dove head into a Mario Kart game since Double Dash, mm-hmm. it feels way different. And I don't know when this happened, but with Double Dash, I feel like I got pretty good at when to drift and when to right. do that kind of stuff. With these. These games are drifting a little to uh, the realistic side, not in a sense that it's like tacky and you really yeah. lose, but you have to start drifting way earlier, and that mentality is like messed with me completely. Yeah. Um, especially given that we're we're playing on 150, which is fine. That's what I always played on Double Dash, but coming to it, starting at 150, I was getting like fourth or fifth. Now, when Liddy didn't play. I I won. Yeah. I beat everybody I mean, <laughs> when we play, but for some reason I, I can't beat her. Yeah. Um I'm terrible at Mario Kart, by the way. I was I was good at the, I was serviceable. I could beat people in, in yeah. Double Dash. Uh, I'm decent at this one. No, uh, nothing. Jump me into Mario Golf Toadstool Tour, and I'll <sighs> lay the smackdown. Yeah, I didn't like how good you were at Tiger Woods. Made it no fun. Uh, I feel like that's all I've played. Have I have I played anything else? I mean, we played some Rocket League. <laughs> have I played anything else, Tanner? Do you
1: are you in my head?
0: I don't know. I thought you might see it on PSN, man. You didn't see that. I was playing Dragon Ball Xenoverse, Verse. That's all true. Things. Also, I did hop back in for a hot second into Besiege. Oh. Have I told you about Besiege? Boy, I know about Besiege. Yeah, Besiege, if you don't know, is like a... It's kind of hard to describe. It's like a, a a physics building game where you try to make like a, a vehicle of some sort that will solve the challenge. Yeah, it's a it's a puzzle game. Yeah,
1: but with a, physics
0: and like engineering yeah. almost.
1: It's cool. I really like the the idea behind that. I would
0: really like for you to play the first couple worlds. Diving back in and not replaying those, I was totally lost because it's still in alpha stage or beta whatever it is. still, Yeah, they're still adding levels. It's been around for a while. Yeah, it's been around for a couple years at least. Yeah. Um, And they just keep adding stuff to the worlds. So I hopped back in because it's been about a year since I played Mm -hmm. it probably. So I was like, oh, I want to see all the worlds they added. And I hadn't, I'd, I'd lost that like, first of all, the way of playing and just the thought process behind some of the Pieces. Right. So jumping into what are now the hardest levels in the game was really hard, and I was just like, "All right, I'm not going to do this yeah. anymore." Um, and Hex Cells Infinite, which is just a fun little Minesweeper esque puzzle game. Oh. it's it's cool. Yeah, uh, but th- that's mainly what I've been playing. Jay, uh, we've both been playing Rocket League. Indeed, we have. And Rocket we've, League, pretty, we've been saying that we've been playing Rocket League since it came out. Yeah, probably. yeah. I, I feel like if you went back to every DormCast, Rocket League is said at least once. Yeah. Um, we love Rocket League. Rocket League is sponsoring. If you're watching this next Sunday's right, yes, pay per view for the WWE. It's backlash. Backlash. I believe it's May twenty first. Okay, so we're filming this on yes. Mother's Day. Um. So we thought we both love WWE. Yeah, we do. Um, we don't. We try. Not, we try to keep the WWE stuff separate to the Stump This Mark and uh, gaming stuff to here. But we thought. Since they're partnering, and Rocket League said something to the effect of like this is the only be- the beginning or something. Yeah, I mean they've teased more crossover elements. Yeah, because Rocket League is like, which is something that games used to do all the time, but I haven't seen a game do yeah. it in a while. Uh, is sponsoring a pay per view like their backlash is brought to you by Rocket League? You know, um, they used to be Snickers a lot for some reason. Yeah, but so the, yeah, they're they're crossing over. So we wanted to kind of talk through what we would like to see from the crossovers. Yeah,
1: all I need is one map okay? that looks like an
0: arena of some kind with a ring. Oh, uh, that could be cool, yeah. You know? What if... Okay, so it looks like the normal arena. Yeah. Then there's a little raised platform with... Or like a ramped platform, let's say. Yeah. With the goals on... I'm trying to pick, think if they should be in the, in the middle of the ropes or on the turnbuckles. Yeah. And then the ropes are bouncy. So if you get like oh, thrown into it, you like... I didn't think about much like adding like gameplay mechanics to it, Yeah, it could be fun. Because they are great about adding gameplay mechanics to specific maps. Yeah. So they could do something called... Well, they already have Rumble, dang it. Uh, Smackdown. Yeah. Or like, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Brawl. Um, do, now, I feel like the most likely thing we're going to get are cosmetic changes. To cars? Yes. Yeah. Do you think we're going to get an Undertaker hearse? Because that was where Probably. my mind immediately went. I mean, okay,
1: What's, what are logical cars that they could add? An Undertaker hearse makes sense. Yeah. An Eddie Guerrero lowrider makes sense. A
0: Stone Cold monster truck.
1: Or a, or like a John Cena-esque thing, too, and that similar yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, There will be. A, if they do a Wasn't there an
0: actual Stone Cold monster truck? Yes. Okay.
1: There was also a Hulk Hogan monster truck and
0: a Big <laughs> Show monster truck. Yeah, a giant. Yeah. Uh, a Kurt Angle milk van. Ooh. Yeah. Because um, now he's back in their good graces. Hmm. Something shaped... Oh, God. We could get so many like antennas. Yeah. The Hardy Boys is something I... That logo, just for me, logo, translates yeah. to 3D really easily. Um, yeah, there, there are a lot of... JBL's limo. Which, that's that's a great one. The car Seamus stole from Alberto Del Rio. <laughs> I don't even remember what it was. It's probably a... I think... Was Del it like Rio, a white Cadillac or something? I think it was always a Bentley. I think Del Rio yeah. always had a Bentley.
1: Yeah. Fair I could enough. be wrong, though. Fair enough. Is that it? Is that I right don't on? know. I mean, I would... That's one thing I would pay $2 to get a new car. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Why not?
0: Would you pay 10 for like a pack of five? Maybe. Yeah, me too. If they're all quality, yeah, I think that could be cool. Yeah. Uh, we don't want to... The thing is, I don't want to talk about this too much to get people who don't like wrestling out of it, yeah. but we both wanted to kind of touch base and, and share what we would like to see from that. I, I mean, I think it's... I think it's possible we get, like, everybody's logo on a flag. Like, yeah. they're doing the NBA stuff. Actually, that's probably a safe bet. Like, Battle Club flag. You know, Bailey's flag. Roman Reigns. Sure, envelope. yeah. The, the same. Thing? Everybody who gets the basic, like, yeah. flags in that one, was it Battleground promo? Yep. Um, I feel like that could translate pretty easily. Yeah.
1: yeah. I wonder how they'll get Roman Reigns into this thing. In every
0: way they possibly can. <laughs> when... When you when you have an aerial hit, it's actually it actually just, just comes weird. up and shows a Superman, Superman punch. punch. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we'll, we'll get past that. We just wanted to quickly touch base on that. The next thing, so the structure of the show is going to be three quick topics and then one big one. Um, the next thing we wanted to talk about was the Madden 18 trailer. Which we just watched. We literally just watched this. I I hadn't seen it earlier in the week, but I was uh, browsing through uh, different games media Twitter just to see if there were anything in the news to talk about. And, uh, yeah, the Madden 18 Twitter uh, happened. I'll link it in the description. But basically, um, it's every Madden trailer ever. So it's like, yeah. a, a, until a point. It's uh, I'm just going to give you the play-by-play in my head. It starts with, I don't remember who's playing, so forgive me. And, you know, they hit, and it's like, this is mad, unlike you've ever seen it. And then... Like they always say. Yeah. Like... Then Tom Brady starts walking out of the tunnel, which he's yeah. going to be the cover Two athlete. To MVP chance. Yeah. Um, and then more clips of hitting and a one-handed catch and stuff, and then back to Brady, and then more football plays, and then back to Brady. And then... Hard cut. Hard cut shows the Frostbite logo, which is cool. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that. Then, this, like... Piano hip hop track comes in, and it's this guy like sitting on what looks like the edge of a bed, maybe yeah, in like a an hotel. apartment or something. Yeah, and it's dark, and then he's in like a hoodie, and he's just looking down. And I forget what the narration said, but it's something like uh they tell you you can never get here or something, you know, generic yeah. sports stuff. And then he it he looks up, it pans up, and he's looking through the window at Lucas Oil Stadium.
1: Which is in Indianapolis? Yeah, Indianapolis uh, Colts Stadium. For anyone who isn't us, sp- I've actually been there. Been there, beautiful yeah. stadium.
0: Um But that's kind of beside the point. Yeah. So we just kind of wanted to talk about what we think this will be. Well, uh, it's clear this is the like next evolution for
1: what they did with FIFA, FIFA. right? You know, yeah. Uh, which seemed to
0: be received well. Yeah, I saw general good marks from it, but yeah. I don't really keep up with FIFA. No, um, I'm I'm interested. Like, here's the thing: I feel like what in or what 2K rather has been eating EA's lunch on is my player. Mm. I feel like my player is what most people play, um, or my team. I think uh, Madden and in spe- in, uh, specificity has kind of lost that, where it's like. It is easier to be a player and give up the ball on uh, in like a basketball game because you're going to touch the ball pretty much every play. Yeah. As opposed to uh, having a my player where you're not the focus. Yeah. That you makes know sense. you have to work your way up the ranks, so you might get three carries a game and then just menuing all the time. So that's not really that fun. I like the idea in concept of having this. You know. Instead of you're creating your character and trying to building up, which is what I think they've been doing in past Maddens. I actually own the last Madden, but I never play the solo career thing. Yeah. I always do franchise because um, I want to play as everybody. It feels like what they're going to try to do is uh, give you a story of you know maybe you're this star college athlete who's fallen on you know whatever. Yeah, whatever. Uh, and so in order to fix that, or you know you get drafted really high, so you start high, and maybe you're. Possessions are going to be a little more fixed, and you know you're you're going to get more touches based on something in the story. I actually don't mind that at all. Um, what I didn't like was the approach of it. Yeah. I don't think because here's the thing about my player. It's awesome, but it's also a little bit self-aware. Yeah. Um, like the I don't remember which one. I think it was 2K, it might be two K fourteen. It was either fourteen or fifteen, where Spike Lee directed the campaign, and it was great and kind of awful. Yeah. Because a, they give you this generic, athletic-sounding deep voice. Oh yeah, they do. Right, and it sometimes it just because like I was this, I was Cash Banks, my, my go-to character, who was this nerdy-looking white guy who had like a little bit of a fro and like just this handlebar mustache, and of course this guy's not going to sound like, oh man, I wasn't you know just like this deep voice. I don't have that deep a voice, yeah. so I can't do it, but. It just, that was a, a, a disconnect that was awesome. And then the way it was scripted was okay but like you had spoilers for NBA 2K 15 or 14 whichever one it was. Like one of your your guys who was like been through all this with you kind of does this thing where he turns his back on you and he's like oh man you've changed you know all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And then he he was the one who always wanted to bring up the endorsement deals and you always took the higher ground and like He always wanted you to come deal with this shady guy and all this kind of stuff. Well, he ends up dying. Oh, really? Yeah, he gets shot. Uh, This is true. I'm pretty sure he dies. Uh, And so, like, you and his sister are... It's weird. It's like... (laughs) It's it's fine, but it was fun because the cutscenes were hilarious because they were bad. Yeah. And... I mean, this sounds like one of those, like,
1: comically, like... Something like, from like the Drumline era. Sure. Like sports yeah. movies.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. I mean, it's very, like, I love the movie White Men Can't Jump, which is a Spike, yeah. which is a Spike Lee movie. Um, I just think that, it, I feel like Spike Lee maybe knew how ridiculous this was going to be and kind of wrote toward it. Yeah. he's an incredibly smart man. And I also think that the people at 2K realized how ridiculous it was because it's so weird to like be playing a basketball game and then get thrown into this like cutscene. Um, it, it was fun, though. I don't know. I feel like if that's what Madden's trying to do, I think that's a step in the right direction. I just hope they don't treat it so dramatically that it just loses all sense of fun. Yeah. And I hope it is ridiculous and kind of self-aware like uh, like 2K's mother was. Yeah. And Madden has always been,
1: to me, the identity of Madden is that it's the game that you get and you play... Competitively with your friends whenever your friends come over, right? Hey, you want to so play that? Madden. So, I don't think this is the draw for Madden. So, sure. I, I hope they don't try to go all in on this and sacrifice, you know, some of the classic, just you know, competitive one-on-one stuff. nature of it because that's what Madden
0: is to me. You know, I think the, to most people. You know the thing. I um, I'm I'm one of these people who, I feel like I've owned probably 15 Maddens yeah. in my life. I'm one of these people who plays mostly by myself, and then we'll play at parties, of course. Um, But, you know, I spent a lot of time in there by myself. Something that has never, I've never really done is online sports games. Mm. And I don't know why. I don't know what my, because it makes all the sense of the world. But I think it's the same thing as doing, like, online fighting games where people make these one platforms their life. Yeah. And then you, like, you jump in. Because I remember playing uh, 2K14 again, sorry. blacktop, which is which was their competitive stuff, um, and just getting my ass handed to me. Oh, yeah. And so, like, I think that is what ruins that, so it would be nice to see, I know this is outside of what the trailer gave, but it would be nice to see something like maybe online rankings that allow you to play similar opponents. Yeah. Because every time I try to play, because I was trying to get trophies, I think, um, I would just get wrecked. And that's fine, but it's similar to like Mortal Kombat or Injustice online where you yeah, just get absolutely you get, destroyed. You get smashed at
1: Injustice.
0: Yeah. Uh, and so I, I think that could be something they focus on. Now, I think the move to Frostbite is a good idea. Oh, yeah. Because Frostbite's beautiful. It is. Um, but I I just can't help but think that this is going to be their like, marquee title at E3 this year. Oh, oh yeah. This is what I was going to bring up. This is going to take up like 45 minutes. And it's going to suck because, again, that is not this audience. This audience does not care about Madden. I love Madden. You've enjoyed oh, yeah. Madden. I enjoyed uh, playing a fair game of Madden. Sure, yeah. Like while. I have a, a lot of uh, deep connections with Madden over the course of my gaming career yeah. or whatever. Um, so I, I still have an, an affinity for Madden for sure. Uh, and I bought this one on sale, but I just don't want. <laughs> that's not what I wanted. E three. This should be at the halftime of the opening game or whatever. You know, whenever you want. it. Well, I guess the game would be out by that time. But, you know, it should be at halftime of a sporting event or during a major sitcom or something. This isn't an E3 game. Yeah. And so I just hope they don't put too much focus into E3. Mm-hmm. This would be great for, like, promote the heck out of it uh, during the NBA
1: Finals. Mm. You know? Yeah, it's a great And game. that's a prime time to do it, too. Yeah. You know? I mean, it comes out, what, September, October, usually. Yeah,
0: usually, sometimes maybe in August. Yeah. I feel like it's and the last I mean, week of August, first week of September. You get
1: just as much, if not more exposure, really more exposure. Yeah. Playing it during the NBA Finals, and this is a casual audience that typically plays Madden. Right. You're catering to the ca- casual sports audience watching the NBA Finals.
0: Yeah, and it maybe and maybe run a couple ads on Twitch because a lot of people watch sports games on Twitch. Yeah. Um, run some YouTube ads. Run ads during marquee baseball games during the summer, and you're fine. I don't think you need. I don't think you need to waste your E3 time slot no. on Madden yeah. or sports game at all in general. No. Alright, well then, the next topic, because I feel like Madden is is sort of a specialty to me, we're going to transition to something that's a specialty to you, and for the second week in a row, we're going to talk about Assassin's Creed. So, uh, was it, I think it was GameSpot that I saw the article from, they had confirmed it with Kotaku, or no, Eurogamer and WWG, which I've never heard of, Yeah. Um, that an Assassin's Creed uh, screenshot was official. And that the new name is Assassin's Creed Origins. Yeah. And the screenshot showed uh, what seem, what we assume to be the playable character uh, on a boat in water with, like, sand in the background. Yeah. So it seems like it's still going to be Egypt. Yeah. Assume it's the Nile River. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so I just want to kind of get your thoughts about what that looks like and, and and if you could garner anything from that. I mean, the general vibe,
1: Just and this is only because there's a very direct parallel, but it reminds me of Assassin's Creed revelations when you're in Constantinople with the river that runs through the middle of the city. Okay. But in that game, you don't like navigate the river. You just go and you like, it just like a shortcut scene teleports. Right, you it's across like the a subway river. basically. Exactly. But in this game, it looks like it's actually going to be like navigable. Yeah. Which is cool. cool. Yeah. Uh, but obviously not as fleshed out as like black flag was right, where which you're I sailing loved. the freaking seven seas, which was awesome. Yeah. I love that. Uh, but I, if anyone, if this screenshot made anyone excited, I don't really know why. Yeah, it, Just, it looked
0: very par for the course, yeah.
1: to be honest. You know, uh, I mean, hip hip, hooray if you were super, super pumped about it being in Egypt. Because yeah. I do think that's a cool setting, but historically it's a cool setting. From a gameplay perspective, it doesn't offer anything new that the series hasn't touched on before. Which we mentioned uh, in our last discussion of Assassin's Creed where, you know the later in time, the setting, the more it allowed for them to do mechanically. Right. But this is, this is supposed to be a prequel to, you know, every Any Assassin's, Assassin's Creed. Creed so far. Jesus. So the antiquity of the technology from this era really is going to limit, I think, what they can do. Yeah. Which concerns me and they're going to have to have a really,
0: really good story to sell this game. Which, to me, hasn't been Assassin's Creed no. strong point. Um, I think that I agree a, a, a lot based on what you were saying about um, the mechanics. Like, what can we do in Egypt that we couldn't do in Assassin's Creed 1? Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like maybe they're just trying to say, look how far we've come and we can do all this stuff. That's and Epiphany. Yeah, hand Epiphany. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, but, you know, maybe it's, okay, look how much the franchise has grown. We're going earlier in time than the first game, but yet we play so much better. Which I think is kind of a weird stance to take. Like, I would think they would just keep moving forward historically, maybe, or, you know, branch off to, to times, at least somewhat in modernity. Jay, go ahead. So. <laughs> you going to take me on a journey? Yes. This is the take me on, take on a journey. i to take you on a journey
1: to Assassin's Creed 2, okay? All right. The game I stopped playing because it was just Assassin's Creed 1 again. It wasn't. Forget what he just said. Okay. It's beloved. It's beloved to people who are... Sure, Assassin's no, Creed yeah, fans. I know people love it, but I couldn't okay. play another Assassin's Creed right after So you
0: know one. how... I played them much later for the record.
1: One of the staples of these games is that there tends to be, like, some sort of collectible where there's only, like, five or six up, and you go get all these collectibles, usually through some sort of special level, and you take them to some sort of hub, and you get the, like, legendary suit of armor. Okay. Right? Yeah. So in Assassin's Creed 2, you... Had your villa at Monteregioni. okay. And underground, there was like this assassins' like tomb, where there were six legendary assassins. And in the game, you go collect all their seals. You put the seals on the tombs. It opens a gate. And you get Altair's armor, the protagonist from Assassin's Creed One. Right. One of the assassins in this tomb was Egyptian. Oh wow! These assassins—they show like they had like. Specialty weapons. They each had, like, their own, like, signature thing. Right. The Egyptian one was a snake. Cleopatra died from a snake bite. Oh! That's where the story of this game is going to go. We're going to kill Cleopatra.
0: (laughs) This game's going to be awesome. (laughs) That was such an impassioned pitch that I believe it. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely believe that. That would be so cool. That makes a lot of sense, dude.
1: That would be awesome. Like, if that's... Because that's... Picture perfect if they need a good story. Yeah. To have this legendary villain. Because, I mean that's a marquee thing throughout the series. Like in Assassin's Creed three, you're meeting all these founding fathers and yeah, yeah. you meet the pirates in Assassin's Creed four, you sure. meet the Renaissance artists in Assassin's Creed two. Why not build up to like the most legendary Egyptian figure of all time yeah. as your like prime target? That
0: would be awesome. I, I I actually if that's if that's the pitch, first of all, well done. Yeah. Second of all, I'm in. Because, like I said, uh, on the last one uh, we talked about Assassin's Creed, all I need is just a little push to get back in. Like, I didn't get back in with Unity, I didn't do whatever the most recent one was again. Uh, Syndicate. Thank you. Um, because they just weren't they weren't appealing to me. But that sounds so cool that I would be in. Yeah. You know what? None of what I just said is probably going to happen. Okay. But, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, I don't think I can say anything that'll top that, so... That's like one of the best gaming epiphanies I've ever had.
1: Because <laughs> it just... It dawned on me. I was like, wait. The snake. Mm. Cleopatra. Snake bite. And I was like, oh my goodness. This is... Pict- they, it, they've been telegraphing it forever. But probably not. If, if They this probably just is, stuck that in
0: there in Assassin's Creed 2 for it to mean absolutely nothing. First of all, I'm going to clip this out and put it on Twitter. Okay. But second of all, if this turns out to be true... This is way better than the two epiphanies I had at last year's E3. Like this would top any dorm streams epiphany ever. What were the epiphanies you had? Just in the middle of the trailers, like figuring out oh. it was Spider Man really early, yeah. and figuring out it was Resident Evil before literally anyone on Twitter, um, because the the way the video cassette <laughs> yeah. popped up. Anyway, that would blow mine out of the water, and we would have a new epiphany king. So I really hope that's true. I do too. Just because I think that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, our last topic. And it's going to be the longest topic. And, and Jay's ready to break into this. Yeah. As Jay said, he just beat Shovel Knight. Now, Indeed. I have been playing Bloodborne. And got to a point where people said I should get. Um, so, spoilers for both of these yeah, games, we're gonna, I guess.
1: We're going to discuss the games in depth, I yeah, believe. Um, because also, you want to just start this off? You can ask me anything you want about my experience with Shovel Knight. Sure. I'm going to give a little recap first.
0: Sure. Um, when we were streaming... So last Dormcast, we pitched that I should let Jay play Shovel Knight and stream it, and then he should watch, or I should watch him play it, and then he should watch me play Bloodborne. We did that exact thing um, and streamed for about four hours last Saturday? Yes. Okay, so we did that. Uh, Jay liked what he experienced with Shovel Knight, went and bought Shovel Knight. Uh, I haven't played any more Bloodborne since that night, but I got pretty deep into it uh, that night. So first of all, Jay, what are your general thoughts on Trouble Knight? It's a good game. How good? That is the question. Mm. Uh,
1: it is. I mean, it is. It's hard for me to like. It's weird. It's weird. I would probably gut reaction give this game like an eight.
0: Okay. Like, it's a okay. I mean,
1: it's a very good. Yeah. Polished game for what it is. Yeah. But also my sensibilities. You know, I'm a kind of the bigger, the better when it comes to video games type right. of guy. I you're, like the big a triple AAA a guy. guy. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't mean... I do, every once in a while, have a hankering to go back and play some of these old school games. Like, I'm a fan of all the Mario games. Mario 3, Super Mario World. Yeah. Uh, I've tested the me- some of the old Mega Man games. They're a little... Those actually seem a little antiquated to me.
0: Really? Uh, yeah. Okay.
1: From what I've played. Okay. Uh... But this, I think the most direct parallel for this game is those games. Sure, it is. Uh, but yeah, I found myself, here's what I don't like. Here's what I, here's, and this will bleed over to the discussion. Okay. I like, here's, and I don't, you might disagree like just entirely, but this is the way I. it makes me feel. Sure. This game, when you die, falling down a pit or something. Yeah. Which happened to me a lot. Several times, yeah. Uh, It feels like that is a reflection on me as a player, and less on the game itself, which I almost don't like. I like it when the game kills me, not I kill myself. You know what mm, I'm saying?
0: It, yes, I think so. Yeah. That's a very strange critique. Yeah.
1: It's not necessarily a critique, it's a personal thing.
0: Right, because... I. I think most developers strive for every time, and that's funny because okay, we'll get into it. So before I get into it, as we were playing both games, we we noticed a lot of similarities, which I don't uh, think. Yeah, it, it's like in a very
1: if you were taking like the whatever the thirty thousand foot view of both of these games, you could make an elevator pitch where they sound very similar. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so we know. I don't think anyone else has ever done this crossover, so that's yeah. kind of cool. Uh, so in Shovel Knight. I think what, I, I'm going to try to uh, rationalize, or not rationalize, but get what you're saying basically. Yeah. So what you're saying is, in Shovel Knight, the game never tries to actively kill you. No, parts of the game do. Sure. You, I mean, the
1: boss battles, it's, all, it's very similar in principle to Bloodborne. You're learning their patterns and their timing, yeah. and, you know, just reacting to it and playing them over and over until you get it
0: down. Okay. So, let's say when you fall down the pits. Okay. The game isn't actively trying to kill you. That's your bad. Yeah. Right. It's a that's blunder on my part. Sure. Is that any different than dying on the way to getting to a boss in Bloodborne? It. I don't. In a literal
1: sense, probably not.
0: Okay. But it kind of has a different
1: feel. It's almost like an enemy is different than an obstacle.
0: Oh, see, see, I, I see it from as a design perspective. Thing. I can see them like from in in know. in the purest form. Yeah. They're both obstacles to getting to your goal. Yeah. But
1: I don't know. It's something that... I mean,
0: I get what you're saying that, you know, an enemy didn't beat you, you beat yourself, basically. Yeah. But I, I think that's an interesting qualm to take with a game. Yeah. I don't, Especially something that has platform mechanics.
1: Yeah. And I, that's part of what it is. Is just I'm not a huge fan of platformers in general. Right. I don't play a lot of platformers. So in, yeah. injecting that mechanic into a game where my primary focus is usually, okay, learn this enemy, defeat this enemy... Uh, but then it, i get i'm doing that over and over and then suddenly i just come to a jump right and then the jump kills me i'm like ah what what it couldn't have
0: been this fancy enemy that they designed to kill me <laughs> but isn't that part of the 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 great aspect of shovel knight is that okay so i think that that because you've played bloodborne first you're kind of coming into this with a bloodborne point of view because we're crossing these over yeah. and i think there's a i think there's a significant difference between these games in that in Shovel Knight, I think the levels are more fun than the boss fight themselves. Like, I enjoy playing the levels. More. I love the boss fights. I love all of them. I think I mean, I think Shovel Knight's a perfect game. So, um, I love all the boss fights, but I think the levels are what you play for. Yeah. To try this hard jump, to get these, pogo off these two guys, to, you know, stuff like that. Um, and I think you're approaching it mentally, and I don't know if this is on purpose or not, the fact that these guys are all just in your way into getting into the boss fight. Yeah. And that's not the way I mentally approach it. I approach it as, okay, this is the next level. Yeah. Like, all of this is the next level. Yeah. I don't see a difference, really, between, you know, screen A and then screen B and then the boss screen. Yeah. I think that's...
1: I don't know if that's necessarily a thing that coming at it from, like, a Bloodborne lens. I just think that's the way I approach games. Okay. It's like, you... Re- like, beating the boss is the prerequisite for moving on. It's not... Sure. But to your point, you do have to get through the level, right? But then that the boss is like, kind of psychologically, why you're there? You get there to beat the boss. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I
0: see your point. I just think I've never thought of games that way. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we'll get we'll get back in the. So you so you mentioned that you feel like Mega Man is antiquated. Uh, yeah. How so?
1: Just from and I've I'm trying to think. I've maybe played. An hour of maybe Mega Man two and three, okay. respectively. Okay, uh, and I played them on three DS. Okay, on a virtual console. Yeah, and I don't even know if there's a specific, you know, it, they just felt old. Like mm. the the specifically, and this is you know, kind of kudos to Shovel Knight because they brought this thing over. But it's an antiquated mechanic to me. Is that when you move away, enemies respawn?
0: Oh, okay. like that specifically is like oh, that's the screen weird. changing thing. Yeah. Uh, See, that doesn't bother me that much. Uh, I just think that's a, a stylistic choice rather than a... I mean, obviously, in that era, it was a technical choice. Yeah. But with Shovel
1: Knight, it's definitely stylistic. Yeah. And the depth which you had to navigate menus to equip different weapons in Mega Man was cumbersome. <laughs> Compared to Bloodborne? Oh,
0: well. <laughs> let's let's get <laughs> like an old 2D game. You know what I'm saying? It, was, it wasn't that hard. Okay, so I also recently played Mega Man uh, about... Six months ago, maybe? Yeah. Um, maybe a year ago? I streamed, because I'd never really touched Mega Man. I'd, you know, messed around every now and then. But uh, I, I bought the Mega Man Legacy Collection and played Mega Man 2 all the way through on stream. And at first, it did feel clunky, but it's just getting back into that mindset for me. Um, and I thought Mega Man 2 felt great. Mm. I think that game feels awesome. It's just sticky enough. I didn't feel like I was sliding off of things like you do with some of those old-school platformers. Um... I thought the, the weapons were fair, and I didn't think the menuing was that bad, because yeah. um, I think it's just, you pop up a menu, you pick your weapon, that's it. Um, granted, I did have the help of, of chat later on, uh, but even then, I, it never felt insurmountable in any way. Yeah. I'm not,
1: I'm not a fan of changing like loadouts or anything right in the middle of a game, or like a level. You know okay. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was one thing. I never changed my weapon in Bloodborne. While I'm out roaming around, I do it when I'm in, like, the hunter's dream. Yeah. You know, that's a place where... You like to stop and reset. Yeah, that's a place designed for, like, customization. Sure. That you can play on. That's why I kind of like hub worlds. Like, I kind of... See, I despise hub worlds. Some hub hub worlds are tedious. Yeah. But some are done pretty well. Yeah. Uh, I think Bloodborne's is done very well. Uh, It's... Obtuse a little bit, and you have to figure it
0: out. But once you understand what everything does, okay, it's lined up pretty well. All right, so so going going back to shovel knight, okay. Um, you said some of your qualms with the game. Have you have you touched on all the qualms you have with the game, or? Yeah, I think so. I just think that
1: my my qualms about the game is that it's just not typically the type of game that I sure, enjoy. It's in genre.
0: It's not yeah, in the exactly. specific iteration of it. Um, what what are some of some of the things you've taken away from it positively? Let's see. I mean, for
1: a, like the it's for what it's designed to be, it's great. You know, yeah, it looks great. Interesting design choices, like obviously. It's that shovel. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like, you took a
0: weird like qualm with that at the beginning. You're like, why is it a shovel? It's it's I was not. Like, like, I a, don't know. It's shovel night. Yeah. Like it ne- that never even like. Why does he have a shovel? I don't know. That's what they wanted to call a game. Yeah, Which, I'm not like you were like my thing was it like they did
1: that to kind of be funny. I think. Like, it's just like, oh, it's a shovel. It's ironic. It's not a real
0: weapon. See, I feel like, I don't know what happened first, and I would, I would love to ask Yacht Club, but, like, I feel like the game is so well designed around it actually being a shovel. That's true. That I don't know if what came first. I don't know if they were like, okay, these are the mechanics we want to do. We want to be able to pogo. We want to be able to dig stuff up. We want to be, you know. Yeah. And that's how they came to a shovel? Or if they said, you know what would be a good name for a game? Shovel Might And then they designed it around I feel that. like it'd have to be the prior.
1: Where, like, they have these obstacles that you dig through, and they're like, oh, let's make it a shovel. Right. Uh, let's see here. I thought the bosses, for the most part, were very well designed. Uh, but I also, like, with, with uh, I disliked with, like, Spectre Knight, which we streamed. Yes. Yeah. I disliked the fact that that one, and I don't remember if, and I'm not sure if any of the other ones had opportunities for this, but I assume if it's possible in one, it might be possible in another, or you could just kind of cheese it. And just, like, for mm. Spectre Knight, you can just stand in the
0: one spot and just jump and hit him. But right. see, I don't think that's cheesing. I think it would be cheesing if you... Because you have to act in that one spot. Okay. Right? I think it's cheesing if you can stand in one spot and then just throw something or hit something and then never get hit. Yeah. I mean, you had to actively jump down from the spot, come back up. But it was the, significantly you know,
1: like, easier to do it. that. Right,
0: way. but I think that's just part of that level is just figuring out this because Le- I think my my struggle with it was the same that you had, was that I was trying to move too much. Yeah. And if you move too much, Spectre Knight will just outmove you. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is to stay still or stationary in, in an ex- to an extent. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, like, I know you said, well, I kind of cheese it, but I feel like you didn't cheese it. I think that's just, was on the level. And maybe I'm getting Yacht Club rather too much credit, but um, that one didn't bother me. Now, did you know uh, Tinker Knight, which is my favorite stage? Okay. Um, did you know that if you have his gear thing, okay, so you know how Tinker Knight right. is like the little thing, yeah. and then he jumps on the big thing. Yeah, you know, in the little stage, okay. which is annoying. Right. If you have his gear, uh, like the thing you can get from his stage, the the magic weapon or whatever, right? That if you throw his gear at him, it one hit KOs him, no. and then he immediately goes into the big guy. Hmm. It's a fun little thing. Yeah. Um. So like, he's very weak to his own thing. Uh, what was your favorite? What was your favorite stage? Hmm. I don't know cuz
1: I'm trying to think of the merits. I haven't thought about this too in depth. I did like uh, King Knight's stage. Mm-hmm. I don't like King Knight that much as a boss. Yeah. But I, I like King I, Knight like, stage. I like
0: King Knight's style, but he's really easy. Yeah. Let's see here. What other ones are great? We want to get some of your favorites. I mean, to me Tinker Knight is the best stage. Yeah. Not only for the I really like the auto scroller in that stage, the the vertical one especially. Yeah. Um I love that music. That music is like my favorite in some of any video games. Like yeah. That music is so good. Uh, other favorites? Also, I'll say, I think maybe part of the reason I probably dislike,
1: not dislike Tinker Knight Stage per se, but maybe why it's not bringing to me as great is yeah. because of the platforming nature and the uh, conveyor belts. Oh, yeah. See, I love that. Yeah. See, I thought, those I are, thought like, that was very clever. Annoying to me. Mm, uh, gotcha.
0: Yeah, I think that, I mean, T- Tinker Knights is my favorite. I, I do like uh, Plague Night Stage. Yeah, because I think it's very cleverly designed. It's annoyingly clever yeah, it in is. some in some respects, but it, it wasn't like so bad. where I'm like I'm never going to beat this. Like yeah. it, it was always surmountable. But it's like, damn, that was really clever. Yeah, that was a very clever way to kill me. Uh-huh. Um, and I, that's something I love about Shovel Knight Two, is that every area feels so unique. Mm-hmm. That's like, very true. like you couldn't drag and drop Plague Knight's thing. Uh, you know, a scene from Plague Knight or a a, a screen rather. From Plague Knight and reskin it and Tinker Knight's color scheme, and it wouldn't feel the same. Yeah, like everything's designed. Like so calling
1: well. uh, Plague Knight's the Explodatorium.
0: Yeah, apt. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah.
1: That, that freaking level. Uh, and then I like Mole Knight stage too.
0: Um, I like the I like Mole Knight as a boss. Yeah, Mull Knight's that a fun boss. a really good, really well designed boss fight. And then I love uh, the Enchantress boss fight. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah.
1: I thought that was really good because that's another one that's good to learn. Yeah. And, like, how you can interact with Shield Knight and stuff. Yeah. I was like, I did not know that in the lead up to that you had to fight all of them at once. Oh, the like, order I of no quarter? That. The boss
0: rush? Yeah. Oh, that's like my favorite part of yeah. the game. I think it took me... I lost... I think I only... I think I beat it the second time. Mm, like, yeah. Uh, it's much harder. It's 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 a fun challenge that your first playthrough, it's much harder on New Game Plus because every other uh, closed thing is a bomb so yeah. you only get... Food, every other fight, I think. Right. Um, one thing I will say is another stage I forget about because it's not a, associated with a night. I love the Tower of Fate level that's all the platforming.
1: Yes. With, like, the... Isn't it, it's, like, short? Yeah, like kind Like, it's of. only got, like, two checkpoints or something.
0: Right, and it's the one that has the... The auto-scroll going up. Is there not? I'm thinking of the one where, like, all the platforms are moving and you have to, like, time it out... To where it's like I go here yeah. here here wait yeah I go here 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 wait like I so. I like that one a lot, um, all right so I guess we can we can we can transition over because those are your main thoughts about Shovel Knight right okay we can transition over to my thoughts about Bloodborne sure uh, so let's give a brief history of, of my playing of Bloodborne I played Bloodborne first do you remember it was like February ish I want to say it was a while um that I bought Bloodborne on sale I bought it for like eight bucks uh, I figured because of how wildly you and skinny and andrew all friends of the stream uh talk about it that i had to give it a go and uh i played through two and a half three hours of it um and beat what is the cleric beast yeah i beat the cleric beast which is optional apparently um and i started to go against uh father Gasquillon. yeah and i got annoyingly close to beating him. I was probably, what, one hit away from oh, hit yeah, him? Oh, yeah, you were one or two hits away um, of times. And then died. And then that was the point where I was like, okay, I'm done.
1: I remember, I'm pretty sure I was laying in my bed watching you do that. And I was just like... <gasps> I, I remember I was like tense. Because that game just gets me. Like, yeah, it, it really does. Like, oh, oh, no. Oh you, oh, you got it. Oh, no. And then you just like collapse in
0: yeah. anguish. Yeah. I think I tried it one more time after that and I was like, okay, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Um... I definitely have, now that I've beaten Father Gascon, which is the point that every, literally everyone I've talked to, I was like, I didn't like it. And they were like, well, be, beat Father, and then you can, and I was like, alright. So. And that's a prevailing thing that I would think most people would say about the yeah. game. Yeah. Oh, you gotta beat Father. Yeah. Which, A, I think is kind of stupid in general, that we have to have like, oh man, play six hours of it, then you'll like it. Like, I think that's a weird, um sort of gatekeeping thing. Yeah. Like, you're not allowed to like it or not like it until you play 6 yeah. Hours.
1: I think that kind of applies to people who are totally unfamiliar with Souls games. Mm. I, feel, I feel like if you've played Souls games and you jump into this and you know what a Souls game feels like, you can enjoy that initial burst right. of all these enemies coming at you because that would... Going back and playing it now, it's fun to, you know, just go through and do it now that I know what it is. Right. But of course, I too, at the beginning, the first time I played it, thought the beginning was tedious. Yeah. But I did get through it, so...
0: Um so here, here's, here's. The, I, I might go really into depth with this. go for it. Um, <clears throat> so I feel like something that that we have in common, you with Shovel Knight, me with Bloodborne, is it's a really good game for what it is. I know that that you said that, and that's something I kind of picked up on. Is that I don't like these types of games. I like what this type of game, or I like what this iteration of this game does. Right, and I think that's yeah equivalent for yeah. both for both of us. Do I think that some of the goodness of Bloodborne is wasted on Bloodborne? Yes. I think that the game looks beautiful and unlike any game I've ever really seen. Uh, I think the lore is cool yeah. uh, from what Super I've heard of it. Super freaking weird. Uh, I think the music is fantastic. Yeah. The best thing I've experienced in Bloodborne was the Father Gascione music. Yeah. Like, gameplay whatever. Yeah, And there are several boss fights like down the line that have just killer music. So, something I think that I don't know what it is about this type of game, it's just me as a player, but I think it was so obvious when we were streaming, is that it just doesn't affect me like it does you. I mean, it was so obvious that when I finally did beat uh, Gascon, my thing was like, ah, thank God, finally. And you were like, over the moon about it. animated. And like, even when I was fighting it and I would die, I'd be like, Okay. Like, it just, I don't know what it is. I really want to like this game because everyone who I know who's a serious gamer loves this game who's played it. And it just, something about it just doesn't connect with me and I don't know what it is. because um, I just feel like, and I mentioned this to you before, I feel like Hotline miami is a great comparison for this game where both games are designed to be frustrating, designed to be, uh, very specific in how you beat them or at least in a, in a general sense. Um, you have to know the level before you can beat it. I think what Hotline Miami 1, we'll talk about 1 because 2 is okay, but Hotline Miami 1 is better for the argument. Um, I think what Hotline Miami 1, which I think is a fantastic game, does better than Bloodborne is that there is no uh, wait time in between your attempts. I think that's what Bloodborne does awfully. I think that's the worst part of Bloodborne. It especially was it
1: early on because before the game was patched, It had exceptionally long load times. Mm. So that was a very, that dampened the experience early on. And I actually think it was patched between the time that I like first tried it and then went back to it. Yeah. Which probably made the experience a lot better. Right.
0: So I think uh, like Mammy, right? You go into the stage, you kill two dudes, you die. You're back. You go into the stage, you kill three dudes, you die. go into the stage, the first dude kills you. You go into the stage. Like it's just, it's boom, boom, boom. That's all it is. With Bloodborne, it's... You grind through to get enough health things and bullets. Then you go back to the Hunter's Dream. You try to level up, maybe. You go to the boss. You die. Then you have to get all your blood vials, or whatever they're called. Yeah. All all your all your bullets back, and then try to level up. And it's just... I enjoy games with grinds. That grind, to me, is not fun. There's something not fun about that grind. Yeah. Because I guess the mindset I had, at least early on, for, for Gaskeone... And I will say, I'm much higher on the game after beating Gaskion. Do I think it's for me? No. Yeah. Um, but I think that, because like you said, it does open up, it is a little more uh, enticing after that. Do I think it was a stupid design decision to do that? Yes. Um, but I think that the grind is what's going to kill a lot of people enjoying this game, and I think that's probably what's going to kill me enjoying this game. Mm. If it were just a boss rush, I think I would like it. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. I, it's something about it's not grabbing me. I think, uh, I think I would rather have maybe a checkpoint. Right, I, I don't, I don't know. This game doesn't deal with checkpoints, but maybe just something where you could have a checkpoint and then just try the boss. And I, I'm fine with the grind if it's a grind that's not gonna be have to be redone again. Yeah. And I feel like that's what where Bloodborne fails for me personally. Yeah. I understand that people love these types of games. I think they're generally overrated for me. Um, but that, that's kind of my, my piece about it. Interesting. I mean, do you know a lick about Dark Souls?
1: Other than what I've seen of, like, speedruns of it, now Yeah. Here's the, something interesting. Big mechanical difference between Bloodborne and Dark Souls. Okay. With Dark Bloodborne, you have your blood vials, right? Sure. Dark Souls, you have your Estus Flask. Okay. Now, with your Estus Flask... Now, you know the uh, Dark Souls is the bonfires. Yes. are you know, to the, the... To the lanterns. Sure. Uh, well... When you go to a bonfire, you, your Essence Flask has so many uses. Okay. Like, you can fill it up, and then you can say you can use it five times. Okay. And each time replenishes, like, a good chunk of your health. Sure. Every time you go to a bonfire, it's refilled. Oh. So
0: now, now like that.
1: here's the interesting thing. Some people think that makes Dark Souls harder because, so let's say that, the bonfire isn't right next to a boss.
0: Ah, okay. Then you had
1: to make it with as much estes as possible okay, to the that. boss fight. I get that. Which would then help you, you know. Which I think is a cool, like, mechanic. You're in, like, survival mode until you get to the boss, and then you can blow all of your health. Right. Uh, which is different for me with Bloodborne, because it's like, okay, I can decide how much exactly I want to take into this fight. How many blood vials I want. Sure. How many bullets I want. Yeah. Which it can be a grind, but that grind allows you to really kind of set your own difficulty for the fight. You can make it easier by taking in as much as you want. Right. You know?
0: And I don't think my qualm with the game is the difficulty. I find difficulty fun in games for the most part. Um except for in, in shooters for some reason because mm. when you know, when you get shot once and die, it's like ah, whatever. Um but you know, I love you know, I platinum shovel knight, which that platinum's really hard to get. I platinum Hotline Miami. I love games like Binding of Isaac and uh, Super Meat Boy and Rogue Legacy. So if it's a game style I'm good at, I really enjoy difficulty. Yeah. A, I don't find the... I love the the critical hits. I love that idea the viscerals. in Bloodborne. Yeah, sorry, the, the viscerals.
1: Same thing, basically. I don't
0: find the regular hack and slash that fun. Um, I, I, I Again, I think the viscerals is probably the strongest gameplay mechanic in the whole thing. Um, so I think that there's just a number of things to me that, like... Do I want to get back to Bloodborne? Yes. If I didn't stream, would I? Maybe. Like that's the thing. Like I know that it makes for a good stream exactly. because I'm. Fru- it frustrates me. Yeah. And I appreciate that that game exists for that sole reason. And I <laughs> so I know that that people love that game and people will love to try to help me or hurt me whatever. Yeah. Um. And I think it's a a great game to exist. I know people love it. I'm not saying that this game should exist. I'm. I will be over the moon when Bloodborne 2 is announced just for you. Oh yeah. And, and for yeah, all for us. everybody else who loves it. Uh. Okay, I, I just don't know if it's ever going to really click with me personally. Yeah, Here's something, like, I'm going to sing the praises of Bloodborne a little bit. Okay. Uh,
1: I find Bloodborne to be, like, it, it's on the pedestal, as all of the Dark Souls games are, pretty much, of, like, if you can do this, it's like a badge of honor. Sure. And, like, I can understand, like, I wouldn't have kept, kept on playing it if it's didn't get its hooks in me of some way. Yeah. But just because it got its hooks in me and I kept playing didn't mean that I wasn't getting satisfaction from knowing, oh, I'm doing this. Right. I'm beating this incredibly Part difficult, of weird, beats. obtuse game. Yeah. Uh, and I find that endearing. Like, the okay weird, like, there's freaking secrets everywhere. The menus are freaking... Not the menus. The stuff. menus suck. The menus do kind of suck. But... It's still like the... It's so weird. It is. Everything about it is is weird. It is. It's unique. And overcoming that mentally and learning it, it's like learning a new gaming language. Yeah. It's like I now know how to play a Souls game. (laughs) Right. You know?
0: Yeah. I think that is... I think the the fact that you find that is endearing makes a lot of sense because I find it obtuse. Yeah. Like, I've seen games... And I think because I love Hot Miami so much is what I keep coming back to, but I've seen games do this whole difficulty thing better and more efficiently. Yeah. And simpler. Um, And I get that for some people that's part of the charm. But for me it's just like, okay, let me die to this boss a hundred times. But let me do it in a way that is fun for me. As opposed to a way that is monotonous and tedious. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, going back to the... Because I guess the overall topic is Bloodborne and Shovel Knight. Yeah. Um, I think it's funny that I think Shovel Knight's perfect. You think Bloodborne's perfect. I think it's... Well, I I don't think it's
1: perfect. Obviously, it's weird. But I love it, right? As I okay, love it for we, all its we flaws. Love, uh, yeah,
0: Shovel Knight might not be a ten, but we yeah. we love those games, yeah. and you know they're both in our top ten. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think it's funny that from both ends, you really appreciate Shovel Knight. I appreciate what Bloodborne does a lot. Yeah, but that might not just be our type of game, mm-hmm. and I think that's our main qualm going into it, which is really really interesting to me. Um, yeah, I'd be curious. Honestly, I know we we make the comments pitch. I'd be curious what to, what people think of this crossover because I don't think this discussion has ever been had. Yeah. As far as like, is Bloodborne or Shovel Knight a better game than the other? Probably not. They're probably both amazing games. Yeah. Um. It's just what clicks with you as opposed to what clicks with us. Yeah. Uh. And you know, I, I am curious to get back to Bloodborne. That's something I couldn't say before. Uh. It, you know, it basically told me. Yeah. Or it took me, having you say, well, then we'll play Bloodborne. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. Um, for me to get back into it because I just there was nothing. I almost deleted off my system a couple months ago. Like I just, it wasn't there. I will say I've thought about it in the interim since then. Yeah. You know, uh, thinking about streaming it, thinking about when I want to play it. Uh, so I, I will say that I'm I'm definitely moving forward. And maybe, like I said, look, I don't want to hate this game. I yeah. really don't. Uh, I want to love this game because yeah. everyone I know loves this game. I'm gonna make two points here. Okay. And it's
1: I'm gonna validate something you've said. I'm gonna defend something. And validate something basically. Yeah. Uh, the initial grind that everyone talks about in Bloodborne yeah. is perfect for teaching you the game. Like, you have shortcuts. Mm-hmm. You have this optional fight that you don't have to do. Okay. Then you have this mandatory fight that is the quintessential... It is the quintessential Bloodborne fight. Okay, Like, fighting these hunters, which... Basically, Blood- Gaskill is a boss, but there are NPCs that behave very similarly to Gascoigne just out there in the world that yeah. you can go fight. Okay. Uh, like, I think it's great for the purpose of teaching you the way this game operates. Sure. Now, the other thing I'll say was when we, what something we discussed on stream. When I said playing through this game and these bosses are like immensely difficult. And I said, this is how a boss fight should be. And you said, no, it's too hard. You're right. Okay. But the, di- I just think it's like different. Which I appreciate. I'm like, sure. This is an entirely different way to
0: experience boss fights. Yeah, which is c- just cool. Yeah, okay. Like, okay. This is just fun. Right. No, I mean, I, like I said, the difficulties. If it were only in difficulty, yeah. I would love that. Yeah, game. it's just a it's a unique difficulty of a game. Sure. The, the the first thing you said about the the initial grind, yeah, we'll say up to Gaskiel, yeah, uh, being the best way to introduce players to the game, being perfect, yeah. For ind- I in I completely disagree. Why? Because I think you're going to lose more people than you're going to get. I honestly think Okay, maybe not with Bloodborne. Let's say because people who bought who bought Bloodborne rather probably most of them knew what they were getting into. Yeah. Either had either loved the Souls franchise themselves or had a friend who recommended it, whatever. They yeah. kind of you kind of knew what you were getting into with Bloodborne. Um so I guess this might if this were the beginning of like Dark Souls as a franchise period. I feel like a lot of people who play Bloodborne are going to be like what I did and just say, okay, there was I got no reward for beating the Cleric Beast, which I know you said is optional. Yeah. But there was no way I was going to know that. Yeah. I mean, it so clearly funnels you into this path absolutely of does. fighting this guy. And I get that that's cool, but I also get if somebody said, oh, I didn't get anything for beating this, I'm done with this game. Like, people... I don't disrespect people for, for playing this game for two hours or four hours or six hours and not beating Gascon and putting it down forever because I think at some point you have to decide, is this worth my time? Yeah. And, you know, time as you get older and you, you get a job or you go to school, whatever, um, time gets shorter and shorter. So if somebody puts in six hours, which might be a couple nights after work or, you know, one day of not having class, I get that if, if it doesn't grab you... By then, if you drop it... And I feel like a lot of people would drop it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't think... Maybe looking at the... the uh, Do the ends justify the means? Um, I feel like maybe then, yes, that is probably the best way to introduce yeah. people. Because if you get through that, you're probably going to beat the game. Right? If you yeah. get through that mentally, anyway. Um, but looking at it from a... Hey, this is Bloodmore, We want you to play our game... I feel like that might not be the best way to introduce people. Maybe there should be some, any sort of explanation of what's happening. Oh, yeah. If, and if what goal, things do. Yeah,
1: if your goal is to, like, get people to play your game, it might not necessarily be designed well. But my thesis, I guess, is that yeah. it is it, te- it does teach you the game. Like, you do learn the game just through that introduction. You learn how the world is structured and how yeah. some, a lot of these enemies behave. Yeah, And, you know, you can go back to the... Because you don't go to the dream until you die the first time. And then right. you learn how to... You just search through and you... Oh, I can upgrade things. And, you know... Yeah. It's just a good... It's a good introduction for the sake of learning. But maybe not for the sake of just being... Kind of easing you into it. Because it's right. really not that.
0: Here's, here's the thing. And I know we're getting really in-depth with this. But I don't care. I think it's a cool conversation. I don't know if I would be playing Bloodborne on the second stream... If the first stream didn't happen, and if the internet didn't exist. Because without the internet, this game is like, what the heck is going on? Because does it ever... Inher- I'm not counting loading screens, because those are random. They are. Does it ever inha- inherently tell you what criticals are, what blood vials do, what bullets do? You know what I mean? Like, there is not think so. Exactly, and I think that's a flaw. I think that the fact that somebody on stream multiple times has pointed out characteristics of the game... Or even when you were like, oh, you know that if you critical somebody and you hit them, you get your health back. No, because it never, it literally never told me that. Like I, I, I think that the great thing about Shovel Knight in comparison to Bloodborne is that the Shovel Knight first stage is is much easier in comparison to the first stage of Bloodborne. Yeah. Right? It's not gatekeeping. Um, I also think that Shovel Knight does this. It, it and it, it it doesn't cross over in this parallel because you know, in platformers you're used to looking for hidden things or looking for things that you can interact with. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like when you struggled with the, the bubble bouncing. Yeah. Like there was nothing else you could do but figure that out. And there was a checkpoint right there and it made you figure it out. Yeah. I think that's different than Bloodborne giving you this whole open expanse and you having to try to figure out literally everything that happens in there and then figuring out what... Because that game is so complex, I feel like it needs explanation. Whereas Shovel Knight... It's so simple, it doesn't have to tell you anything inherently. Um, so I, I guess t- to bring those back together, that's that's kind of my, my qualm with the beginning yeah. of both. I mean, that's
1: together. a fair enough critique, I would say. Yeah. But I will respond to, you know, the comment of <laughs> that you say. Because in theory, I think you're right that, that would I would think, oh, this big, you know, tedious opening might turn a lot of people off. Yeah. But the game did really well.
0: Oh, no, I and don't.
1: has but... a pretty good retention rate when you sure. look at a lot of the trophy percentages. So I think that I don't. I can't say definitively that you're in the minority. I think there is a large contingent of players just like you who played it and would have dropped it. Yeah. But I do think there's a large number of people who were like, "Oh, that's what I'm playing." Now I get
0: it. See, I think, I think this is this is like when uh, when you read like a, a academic journal. Yeah. And there's like a thesis, and then a thesis, and then a thesis, like and it's just a reply chain. Yeah. But I think that what we're not accounting for here is that a lot of the initial bloodborne numbers I would estimate are people who are fans of the Souls franchise. Mm-hmm. People who play them. People like Andrew. Yeah. Right? And then you have your second tier people like you. Like me. And then you have your third tier people like me who can't stop hearing about this game. Yeah. I think a lot of the third tier people drop. Right. Oh yeah. So I don't I don't think that the sales and the retention rate are necessarily the best metric of if someone has never played a Souls game, how well do they go into it? Yeah. Because I think a lot of this... Because I would say a lot of people who are really into this game are going to platinum it. And I'd say that... That's true. I'd say the platinum percentage is higher than a normal game. It is. Because people who are into this game are into this game, as opposed to picking up a Call of Duty, right? Oh, yeah. You're absolutely right. And so you're more of a dedicated fan base... And so I think that it's when people like me can't stop hearing about it, that's when you have the drop offs I'm talking about. Yeah. I don't think that any that Ned in Kansas City, who is a Dark Souls fiend, is ever gonna stop playing this game, you know, because the entry is too hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? I wonder
1: if maybe they're like, you know, Miyazaki in the back rooms at from software. Yeah. Their goal is okay, let's say that there are I think that you described it in a great way, that there's like three groups of people. Yeah. There's the the hardcore, the newcomers who get into it, and the people who kind of just don't. Right. What if their goal is... Because once you've become part two with a game, for the next game, you're in the first group. Sure. You're someone who understands the franchise. Maybe their goal is, with time, just indoctrinate people. Yeah. Uh, And the more they hook for one game, the more people they'll retain for the next game. Sure. You know? So that's a... I don't think that's probably what they're thinking, but I think no. in practicality that might be what's happening.
0: Yeah, and I think that it's it, it literally is like gatekeeping. So people who pass yeah, are going to be proud of it and brag about it, and that's a great way to promote your game. But it's also one of those things that like, oh, I be Bloodborne. Now I have to beat Bloodborne 2 yeah. so I can keep my credibility up yeah. and keep my, you know. And because you enjoy the game, I'm not saying the only oh, yeah. reason I'm not saying the only reason people beat this game is to brag about it. Um because if that were the case then they would just drop it. Yeah. Um I think it's really cool that Bloodborne has such a tight community and that this community is obviously growing um and that Bloodborne's community is way bigger than Dark Souls. Oh, at yeah. least to me. I think Bloodborne 2 will be a word of mouth game similar to Neo and Near Automata, and, and these types of games where it's like you have your core niche and then you expand to the, the mm-hmm. greater market. Now, but I think with Bloodborne 2, your core niche is going to be huge. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, with Dark Souls 2, or I guess Dark Souls because Demon Souls was yeah. first, you know, you, you have your very small niche who won't shut up about it. Absolutely. And now you kind of have a big niche who won't shut up about it. So I think the success of this game is going to be awesome. Um, Bloodborne and Bloodborne 2. I, mean, I think it's really smart for them to discount it to eight bucks or whatever it was when I bought it, just so people like me can give it a shot yeah uh do I think a lot of those people will be retained? No, but it's one of those games that i'm I'll be damned if I don't keep trying it because I want to appreciate it why for what you guys appreciate it, yeah, I wonder you made the comment a minute ago about uh
1: how you might not had it not been like for the internet, yeah, uh, and just like that like that aspect of being able to understand a game through like publicity I guess sure if you wouldn't have played it I wonder if that plays into this is kind of a more grander question on the scale of (laughs) game development I mean
0: this is getting very philosophical Uh, so I'm uh, fine with it
1: I wonder if that plays into how modern games are designed if that Mm. learning games through publicity is Mm -hmm. how games are learned now some games a lot of games still give you freaking arduous tutorials that suck yeah Yeah. Uh, that's a big design flaw that a lot of people point out and a lot of game reviews is just like Oh, the first two hours where it was just like showing you every little thing, yeah, uh, is a negative. I wonder if their mindset that from software was just you know what, people will learn this game because some people, the most ardent of people, will figure it out for themselves and then tell everybody else, right?
0: So, I mean, I wonder if that's just the evolution of the way games have been. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, you have your first wave of games the even before NES, like the the DOS games, mm-hmm. and then like and then. NES and uh, Atari Twenty Six Hundred; those era of games were like games. Media wasn't really a thing. Maybe you had your EGM, but um, you know you, you had to figure everything out for yourself. Maybe this kid on the playground also knew the game. Yeah. But you know the game had to literally tell you everything. Um, and then I would say games got less explanatory in like the the PS One era when Game Gods were big. Yeah. And so maybe that's just the next step is that. You know, now that we have the internet and like websites like GameFAQs and Neogaf and, the, and those type of places exist, now games are going to be even less explanatory because yeah. they know you'll look it up. Yeah, you just have crowdsourced handbooks, basically. right? Exactly, uh, which is an interesting thing to point out. And I never really thought about it, the fact that not even just with Bloodborne, but that all of games are are gonna maybe regress in explaining things to you because they know you have your phone in your pocket yeah. waiting. And that's a
1: direct, maybe a good way to wrap up the conversation. A direct difference between shovel knight and bloodborne it's bloodborne doesn't tell you how to do it figure it out yourself or uh you know go to the masses right whereas shovel knight's philosophy
0: is it's simple enough that
1: you will figure it out on your
0: own yeah i think that's that's a great way to wrap it up and as i said before i'm genuinely genuinely curious what you guys think of this conversation if you have anything to add i know there's a lot of stuff we left on the table but you know we talked for a good 40 minutes about it i think (laughs) um something around that time maybe 30 minutes uh So if you have anything else you'd like to add, please let us know in the comments. Uh, If you like the video, like it. Don't forget to subscribe for more Dormcast. And uh, yeah, have a good morning, evening, afternoon. We will see you next time. Take care of the dorm while we're gone.